Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Shakti Waves Radio, broadcasting epic dives into greatness with your host, Shakti Sonia, or Sonia, depending on what language you speak. I'm a lot of different things, and beyond a single title or belief, I'm the founder and CEO of Shakti Sonia and Shakti Brand. I'm here to support and celebrate conscious entrepreneurship and to bring your greatness into the world. That's what this podcast is all about. We're always deep, never shallow. Grab your board, the surf is ready, and let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very special episode of Shop Waves Radio. I have one of my friends and clients and a beautiful leader in the spiritual community, Ali Petrebka, here today. Um, she is the founder of the Prism Lighthouse, which is a social, so spiritual social network. I'm going to try that again. She is the founder of a spiritual social network, really the first of its kind. And it's so unique. She's going to tell you all about the story of how she started that. And she's also an intuitive guide. She does tarot readings. She's very tuned into astrology and she loves teaching people about tarot and how to tune into oracle cards. We have that in common together. So we're gonna go on a cosmic ride in conversation about her journey becoming an entrepreneur and a leader amongst leaders um, and how what it takes to build a social network in this day and age. So welcome, Allie. Thank you so much for having me, Sonia. I am so excited to be here and connect with your community and just have an awesome time hanging out. <laughs> Yay. So Ali is a Sagittarius. So we have great conversations together. So this is bound to be a very expansive one. And I do want to just take a moment to thank all of my moons, all of the listeners here on Shakti Waves. You're my moons because you're all making waves <laughs> in your own way. And I just want to thank you for being here and for listening. And please let us know what you get out of this conversation and out of this episode. You can DM me at Sonia on Instagram or you can DM and speak to or email Allie. All of her contact information is in the show notes. If you're listening to this on Spotify, you can look at those, like add more details and see it there. Or if you can go to my website, um, you can find more information there or just DM me and I'll hook you guys up. I'll, you know, send you slide you into her DMs. Hey everybody. During this episode, Allison and I talked a lot about culture appropriation and I went and did some more research and had more discussions and I went and talked to one of my best friends who's a naturalist and environmental conservationist and has done a lot of work with um, indigenous studies and learning about the culture and she is not indigenous or from another culture she's Italian and Canadian and a beautiful Virgo goddess but she has a really beautiful (laughs) very cared for very research perspective on what we can all actually do to be empowered about cultural appropriation. And I wanted her to share it here with you and to put it in this episode at the very beginning. So you all have some hope and clarity around that before you get into this awesome conversation with Allison and I. So Andy, welcome. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Um, So I wanted to talk about, you know, what you were just saying and how, especially when it comes to shamanic or, like first nations traditions Mm -hmm. like a lot of the a lot of that like a lot of those deep cultural rooted traditions Mm -hmm. 
what is your perspective on how we can like give honor and reverence to that? Because my perspective was like, do we just need more education? Do we need more reverence? Do we need to be informed so that we know that we're not yeah. overusing certain materials like Palo Santo or how to re- like how to actually like knowing about sourcing and just being conscious to where things come mm-hmm. from and what they mean, right? So it's really an education and like reverence piece. And yeah. I love what you just said. Yeah, and of course, like reverence and education is a big part of it. Knowing the history, knowing um knowing parts about the culture like educating yourself is always going to help increase that reverence and that respect that you're able to give um within first nations cultures in north america i think the biggest element for me and this is again comes in addition to knowing the history and knowing knowing the history of the land knowing the history of the culture knowing the history of colonialism but the biggest thing if you're going to be using sage if you're going to be using sweet grass if you're going to be using um this plant medicine from this culture it is so important to be giving back to the land itself because mm-hmm. so much of indigenous culture is that relationship to the land and um that's i think in my mind the best way to really revere that culture and to respect it so whether that's giving back with land offerings and and you can do land offerings again in like a very traditional indigenous way where you're where you're offering tobacco that's mm-hmm. the traditional thing to offer but it doesn't have to be tobacco like any way that you are able to do that yourself whether it's um something that you just have on hand like water or um i've even heard from other people that you can like pluck some of your head hair and give that as an offering so just like being a part of that relationship to the land and and giving in that reciprocity if you're foraging sage or foraging anything really just honoring the harvest and doing so very responsibly never taking the first or the last thing that you see um the first or last like living plant that you see mm. um and then like actually doing the environmental work like advocating for the land doing service to the land being an ally to indigenous culture and to the land whether mm. that's i don't know doing garbage cleanups or you know recycling recycling more, more composting growing a garden even having a garden gives you reverence right and that's yeah. really how indigenous cultures like see the land is like their their gar like it's like our collective garden and we need to honor it because it's like it's giving us its fruits and bearing it mm-hmm. for us. And then the more that we care for it, the more that it will give. Like the earth is so deeply abundant, but it needs to be loved and cared for and, and receiving as well. You know, planting yeah. trees, even donate to people who plant trees or to different conservation groups. Like just honor the land in some way. Like I give back to um, organizations such as Mission Blue for the ocean that help like protect super uh, sensitive ecosystems Mm -hmm. in the ocean and have like create these hope spots for like those really complex marine ecosystems to be protected and especially on the high seas where there's no jurisdiction or control over who who is able to like protect that land like it's literally not owned by anyone Uh, or the land I mean the waters but you know there's something we can all do and whatever you feel drawn to do then please do it but it's so beautiful. Like it's actually really simple. It's like, yeah, just yeah, learn, just educate yourself. Know like, back. oh cool, is this being sustainably harvested? How can I just like respect it? Like it's just respect and reverence. And just like really understanding like this plant medicine as a gift, as a gift from the earth. Mm-hmm. And knowing that in these cultures, earth is not considered inanimate. Mm-hmm. Earth is animate. Earth is mother, earth is grandmother. Like you have a relationship and it's like 
if your grandmother like baked you a batch of cookies, like would you just take it and not say thank you and not mm. give her a gift next time you see her and like have that active mm-hmm. flowing relationship? Mm-hmm. It's just the same thing with Earth. So if we're gonna use these medicines, we have to give back. Mm. It's so beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah, it. <laughs> it's so simple, and it's really joyful, and it gets to be a joyful experience, a creative experience, a mm-hmm. loving experience. Like mm-hmm. you get to have more love and joy and expansion through the process of like learning about and honoring like cultures, right? Like it's mm-hmm. actually the opposite of like appropriating. It's like uh, appreciating and like deeply yes. honoring and acknowledging, and then you get to learn and expand yourself. And it's been one of my deepest gifts in life to like learn about indigenous culture and to honor it with my various shamanic practitioner friends, my friend Garrett, who I've done a couple podcasts with, like he always has offerings. And we, the last time we did that was around last winter solstice. Like we Mm -hmm. went and gave like crystals and, um, like sage to the land and like Mm -hmm. to the river. And it was so divine and it gave back so abundantly. Like, it's actually amazing how little the earth asks for in return it's pretty wild even just like hugging trees or like being in nature and appreciating it and like just thanking nature for Mm -hmm. doing what it's doing like thank this guy for shining and looking beautiful like gratitude is also a big part of it like the attitude gratitude reciprocity relationships relationship be in relationship with the earth that's the request it's not just here for us to take from yeah it's the relationship that we want with everything. Yeah, love. Love. <laughs> respect. Love and respect. Yeah. Give and receive. Mm-hmm. 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 So powerful. Thank you so much for talking about this. I <laughs> hope it gives everyone just a little joy gasm, and I hope you enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a purring cat on my lap, and I hope you all enjoy the rest of this episode. It has a lot of deep storytelling with Allie. It talks a lot about traversing this time, being a spiritual teacher in 2020, where we're all going through so much deep self um, introspection, learning, healing, growth. Uh, it's one of the biggest growth years for all of us here on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like it is a very, very big shift. And mm-hmm. you can look at, if you look at it that way, it will keep expanding for you in that way. Like how is all of this happening for you? How is this all sacred? How can you take what you've learned this year and give it and create more from it for yourself, for your work? Um, so I'm excited for you all to listen to this conversation uh i hope you could hear us okay because there's like music in the background but it was perfect i just trust thank you andy more from andy to come (laughs) (laughs) oh it's gonna be magic all right so with that all being said ali i'd love for you to tell me your heroine's journey we worked a lot together on your brand and on your business and you know how much i love journeys and mythology and the heroine and the hero's journey that you go on and that people also go on in your business. So why don't you tell us, you know, the kind of overarching storyline of how you became an entrepreneur and maybe like the different businesses you had and where you're at now. Okay. I'll try to keep it short because it could be a long, it could be a long journey. Um, So I grew up with both my parents being entrepreneurs. Both of my siblings are now entrepreneurs as well. So it's just part of my DNA. It's who I am growing up in rural areas. Like farming is just my family. Farmers are entrepreneurs. And so growing up, my parents owned a flower and gift shop. And my dad was also an independent truck driver. 
And so growing up watching them run their own businesses, I always told myself that I would never own my own business. Because the only thing I saw from them was stress, not the only thing, but the biggest thing I saw from them was stress. And I created the story in my head that owning a business equals being stressed out. And that's not what I wanted for my life. And then I fast forward a couple of years, I was 21, 22. And I got my diploma in holistic nutrition. And I was already a yoga teacher at that time as well. And living in the middle of nowhere, Manitoba, I was like, well, there's no place to get a job as a nutritionist here. So I guess I'll just go online. Uh, this was the time like 2011, 2012, when like online coaching was starting to show up and become more of a more of a profession for people. So I started health coaching. And it wasn't until about a year into being a health coach where I was like, damn, I own my own business. I so I used to be very unaware of myself clearly (laughs) and the decisions I was making but I was just so in tune with the path that I wanted to be on and I had such a clear idea of what I wanted my life to be like in the future that the divine just like led me on this path of becoming an entrepreneur and ever since then I've just ran with it And like, as a Sagittarius, I also have Aries moon, Leo rising. So I love all that change and that transition with that fire energy. So I really follow my gut feelings. And if something isn't feeling good anymore, if it's feeling like I need to pivot and change, I'm all for that. So since becoming a health coach, I dabbled in life coaching and business coaching. And then from those, I realized that the thing that really means the most to me is helping people with their mind and their emotional health and their spiritual health. Cause I think that's where everything else grows out of. So over the years, I was a yoga teacher for eight years. I just in October, 2020 decided to end my journey as a yoga teacher. Um, and I closed my virtual yoga studio and I really pivoted into intuitive guide and creating communities where people can connect more deeply with their self, the divine and with other like-minded people. Mm, So beautiful. And you did really summarize that. And there's so many more points that you could talk about there. One is the fact that this journey started like you being a health coach back in 2011. Is that what you said? Yeah, it was 2011, 2012. Mm -hmm. So that was the first big shift in the awakening process when a lot of us went through our awakening and you were already trained to be a health coach and a nutritionist at that time. And you accidentally became an entrepreneur. You know, it's like the destiny, your destiny fell into your lap, regardless of the fact that you might have had resistance about it before. Like, that's such a great story. I didn't even know that about you. But like, I just want to point to the fact that back in 2012, many of us, especially those of us born in 89, 90, 91, like we were, Um, we're starting to awaken and starting to really step forward in our path. And I just think that's really interesting that that's when you started first doing health coaching, because eight years ago, that was not super popular. Like now it's very prevalent. It's kind of reaching its, it's growing. It's in its growth phase. It hasn't reached critical mass where everyone's like, yeah, everyone has a health coach or a nutritionist or a life coach, right? It's still in its growth phase, but you were a very early adopter. 
So how does it feel to be, to even have me say you're an early adopter with what you say, or you're a trailblazer? It feels very validating. And you and I have talked about this in other times as well. Um, I think partly being a Sagittarius and my North node, I believe is an Aquarius. So it's just kind of in me to be innovating. I've never been the type of person who likes to follow trends or follow along with whatever anybody else is doing. Even back in high school, I was the first person to wear Uggs and everyone made fun of me. And then six months later, the cool girls were all wearing them. And I was over it by that point in time. So I think it's important as a business owner and then for myself to live my truth as well to be able to innovate and to to help people move outside their comfort zones because growth is what I am all about and we don't grow when we're comfortable so I'm always looking for that thing that makes me uncomfortable and I move towards it Mm, heck yeah so this is what it looks like to have a fire trine in your chart everybody (laughs) if you're not familiar with your astro chart or you want to learn more about it please reach out to me I'd be happy to do a reading with you um but Allie has so much fire energy so she's constantly going to be blazing a trail like literally like you know creating new pathways for herself like being a health coach back in 2012 um, or starting a spiritual social network here in 2020. It feels very needed, but in some groups or societies, it might seem completely unconventional. So what's that like for you now? Can you talk to us about, let me backtrack a little bit. Cause I love this story because one, I'm selfishly, I got to be a part of it. And it's been an honor to witness you in the last six months of your journey. But why don't we talk about a little bit where you were at when we first met and started working together and then how it is that you even started a spiritual social network. Yeah, so we started working together in February of 2020. Everybody knows what happened in March of 2020 with COVID coming in. Um, But I also had my mother pass away on March 23rd, 2020. So me and my boyfriend had just been laid off of work for 10 days. And I get a phone call that my mom passed away. She had terminal breast cancer. So it wasn't a surprise that she was going to pass away, but we didn't know it was going to happen that day. So obviously my world just got like turned upside down. My mom was the best friend. And Sonny was so amazing by letting me pause our work together till I was ready to start again. And being like this crazy fire being, I was like, like after two months, I was like, you know, I need to keep Going forward, so much has happened in my life in those two months that I knew I could not go back to serving. I've been over being a server for a couple of years, but I just, I had to stay there to make money. But I had become such a completely different person through the experience of my mother passing away that I knew that if I went back to the job I had, while it was a really good job, I would be forcing myself into a smaller version of who I used to be. And that was not going to be conducive to my growth as a, as a spiritual being, as a human being. Um, So June, July, August were really huge periods of transformation where I just let myself kind of float, like even into September, like I just kind of floated. I 
didn't make any huge decisions. And I just like let myself experience this person that I was becoming. And it was in August when going into Leo season, when I started getting this fire back into me of wanting to create and over the last couple months specifically, like really in June, um, with we had the eclipse, we had summer solstice. Um, there was a big transition for a lot of people then, but I had also been having this conversation with people over a few years as a yoga teacher in a very rural area. I was kind of people's first connection into this like more spiritual realm. And I was having conversations with so many people where they're like, I, I want to know more about this. I want to know more people who are into this. I just don't know where to find them. And with us being in isolation for COVID, I think that got turned up even more. People really feeling like they wanted to connect with people who understood them. So I just put that out there into the universe that that's what I was wanting to do, really zone in on creating connections and creating safe spaces and building communities. And I came across this website called Mighty Networks. And actually, as we were, as you were just talking before I was telling this little blurb, I just put these two pieces together. So while I became an entrepreneur and didn't notice, the process of building a spiritual social network happened without me even knowing what was happening. I do my best work by getting, (laughs) I do my best work by just getting into creation and getting my hands dirty. I'm not a pre-planner. So I just signed up for Mighty Networks and started playing around. And three hours later, I come up for air and I was like, I built a social network. Like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Surprise, Destiny Pocket. And that's the lesson that I've been learning from life. But really, this year is like the less we try to control what we're doing as entrepreneurs and as human beings, the easier it is to connect in with our destiny and with our path. Mm, So much wisdom in that. Absolutely. Right. I feel like that's spoken like a true Sagittarius, like don't control it and it'll just be shown to you and it'll be pretty fun and easy. Mm -hmm. Right. So in three hours, you literally created the community and the container and the space for people to feel safe and to feel excited and to feel connected to all parts of their spiritual journey, which is really Mm -hmm. what I see in your spiritual social network. And it was a really big pivot for you. Like when we first started working together, First of all, thank you a lot for sharing your story about your mom. Like, obviously there's so much heart there and you have such an incredible wisdom and perspective on how it helped you to grow. And the fact that you're still creating and you're, you're, you really are the mama of like this beautiful community. And I think it's a beautiful gift that you're able to give other people is, is your nurturing and your acceptance and a beautiful, like you have this online space where everyone gets to come together. And I really see that it's been this evolution for you um, since the loss of your mother. And I just like deeply honor that, deeply honor you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I, I you know, I'm, I'm sure that other people can connect to this. And when you've had loss, what it's like to create or feel excited about life afterwards. So, you know, reach out to Allie or 
other people in your life and know that you are, you know, it's, it's, I want to like the message that I want to say, and Ali, please say, if you have anything else, um, is like, you're allowed to have joy in creation after grief or even amongst it, you know, life is a, a myriad of dynamic experiences. And I think 2020 has given us that has given us that exact, um, experience of life, right? Like literally it's variety. Like, okay, you're in lockdown. You can't go do the things you typically can. You might feel isolated and alone and scared, but then, oh, now we get to spend time with ourselves in meditation or put our health into priority or really get to connect to our relationships or spend time with children like we never have before. And, you know, there's, there's really interesting dynamics in life. It's not all just black and white. So if there's any other wisdom that you want to share with anyone experiencing grief or creating through or after grief, like, please share that. Yeah. Um, if, if anyone has experienced loss or grief, like, please reach out to me. I'm always happy to connect and to listen and to be an understanding person in your life and remembering that there is no right or wrong way to process it. Um, with my mom being sick for a while and just, being who I am as a human being, I was already comfortable with the experience of death. But then I realized that no one ever talks about what happens after the person passes away and how, especially if you've lost a mother or a mother figure, um, the whole dynamic of the family changes. And that was something I was very unprepared for. Um, so I'm very grateful for my sister who was such a rock for me through that experience but know that whatever whatever you go through is okay and nobody gets to tell you how to grieve properly it's just whatever works for you um is is what you need to do in this time mm, so beautiful no right or wrong whatever works for you that's just great wisdom in general, and especially in this process, right? A big theme of this year, and especially of those eclipses that started in cancer season, right? Cancer is the great divine mother. We had two cancer new moons this year. And that's really when we started creating again together. And that is the wisdom of the divine mother being held and mothered by life. And I just read an Oracle card last night pulled by one of my other clients. And it was about letting life mother you right? And then letting yourself be a mother to yourself and to others. So if anyone is interested in mother healing or mother wounds, like that's something that I like talking a lot about. I have lots of different therapists and people I can connect you with. So please feel free to reach out. Like I honestly want to say like nothing is off the table. I've had people DM me and talk to me about getting pregnant and losses and it's all available, like it's all open. And Allie is also that container. She's always willing and able to support and be there to champion others. And that's a big part of what she does by um, creating this social network. So to backtrack to what I was gonna ask you before that is when we first started working together, you owned a virtual online yoga studio and you were a yoga teacher and that's what you were doing full time and you wanted it to grow in a subscription model. And that's literally what we were building together. And then everything shifted. And I think one of the most powerful shifts that you had was actually letting go of the label or the need to be confined by a yoga teacher or even needing to teach yoga. And so why don't we talk about what that was like? Because that was one of the biggest breakthroughs that I've witnessed within you. And it felt kind of 
instantaneous, like you say, with all your fiery magic, but tell us what that was like. Cause I feel other people need to hear that story and get permission to do the same maybe. Yeah. So I'll give you the lesson I learned first and then I'll tell you the story. Um, the lesson I learned is that, and this is kind of the overall arching lesson of my life, having so many different things that I've done in the past. I also have a diploma in fashion merchandising. That's just like totally out of left field. <laughs> um, but if you have learned something, you haven't wasted time. And I think the idea of wasting time is the thing that stops people from shifting their path or shifting their direction. Because, you know, I was a yoga teacher for eight years. I had, it was my identity. People knew me as the yoga teacher. They, they made up decisions about who I was because I was a yoga teacher. Most people knew that idea in their head of me before they ever met me. And so I could have let myself stay in that box because it was easy, it was comfortable, but it felt so limiting because yoga is like so huge right now. And I think part of the shift was because I had already had the yoga studio for the virtual yoga studio for over a year when COVID happened. And then everybody and their grandma opened an online yoga studio. And so the rebel in me was like, I can't do this anymore. So that was like the beginning of it. But the feeling that I wasn't able to grow, I wasn't allowing myself to grow. Other people weren't allowing me to grow because I had to fit into this box of what a yoga teacher is. Paired on top of that, of really learning this year about cultural appropriation and really questioning if I wasn't teaching yoga in the traditional ways as a white person, should I be teaching yoga at all? It was just a, a personal question that I asked myself very often. And when I finally came to the decision to not teach yoga anymore, I decided to teach more of an intuitive style of movement first. And it literally felt like taking off a jacket that was three sizes too small. Like as soon as I made that decision to not label myself as a yoga teacher, I just felt so much more freedom. And then I spent about six weeks teaching intuitive movement classes in my online space. And it was really just like one day that I was like, yeah, I'm done with this altogether. It was just like that deep inner knowing. And I have a self-imposed rule that I can't let myself make decisions the same day. I can't take action on my decision the same day I feel it. So I have to sleep on it. I have to talk to my boyfriend about it. And then the next day I was just like, yeah, the emailed everybody. I was like, yeah, everyone's getting a refund. We're closed as of today. And I just felt so freeing. Like it's been three weeks and my own personal practice feels so much more joyful. My meditation practice feels so much more joyful because I was just able to take off all that expectation. And if you follow me for a few days, you'll probably realize that I am not about expectations, <laughs> really just about letting yourself be in the moment and in the space mm. that feels best for you. Mm. Wow, that's so powerful. You know, just unleashing yourself to grow, which 
you know, that's deep Sagittarius medicine is always being able to feel like you're expanding and growing and learning. And when you do that, it brings you a lot of luck and joy and rapid shifts, right? Which is exactly what you described. Um, and this is recorded a month before your birthday, which is going to be your 30th birthday. Both of us turn 30 next month, which is a really beautiful start of our next decade. Really the endings period of our Saturn returns. Saturn is going into Aquarius in December. So there's lots and lots of shift happening. And what I really see for you is, you know, it's very important as a business person, especially in the current climate of the world with the internet and all the shift and all of the new information, cultural appropriation, everything that's happening um, and everything that's been brought to our attention during this year to be very trusting of yourself when it's time to pivot and to know like, you know, this is moving and flowing. So I'm going to stick with it. And if this is no longer moving and flowing, like it's time for a change. Right. And I just love your bravery in that. And like the bravery that it took to be like, Hey, we're canceled. We're done. And it also feels so simple. And I, would love other people to tell us what they're getting from this. And what I would love for them to hear is that you have permission. You listener have permission to, to take that next step that you know is in alignment for you, even if it seems scary. Right. And I think that we could get into a whole philosophical, very interesting discussion about cultural appropriation. Um, Cause for myself, I, I want to say I used to be a Kundalini yoga teacher. I mean, I still am. I just don't teach it. I taught some of it in your yoga, in your, in your space, but this year has been a very, very intense year for like breaking down um, integrity and discrimination and cruelty in all areas of life, but especially in yoga communities and Kundalini yoga and anywhere where there's been like spiritual superiority and then abuse and I don't know if everyone knows, but there was a massive outing of the founder, like the Yogi Bhajan who like brought Kundalini Yoga to the West that he was founded to be um, like a sex offender and various other allegations and like truths and victims came forward. And it was a really profound shift in the whole Kundalini community. And, um, and it was, it's kind of interesting because his own teaching was follow the teachings, not the teacher. Right. And Kundalini yoga can be very dogmatic because it's very um, it has so many rules, like even the timing and the sequence that you do things are a particular time. It's like a, it's like a precise technology. And so it was very interesting to witness that community for myself kind of disenfranchised and disentangled and heartbroken and disgusted about like, how do I still teach these teachings or know that they're in alignment for me or that I'm here to serve other people with them, but also not be connected to needing to do it the way that this man taught it, or even feeling culturally like I needed to do it this way. Like Kundalini yoga is traditionally taught in white with a head covering on or a turban. Um, and that can look like extreme cultural appropriation, right? Um, but at the same time, I've spoken to a lot of, because Kundalini yoga is based in Sikh Dharma and Sikh faith. And I've spoken to a lot of Sikhs um, and they're, it's very interfaith. Like they want everyone to try their faith on and they're like, everyone's free to try and believe whatever they want. So they're very open and loving to it. And it's just been a very interesting experience to witness like right and wrong. And the fact that there's no right and wrong, it's just whatever people feel is right for them. And for me, it was right to teach a couple classes of it. And now what I'm doing is I'm integrating the movements and some of the practices, but not necessarily needing to 
be very open about being a Kundalini yoga teacher. And that's not because I feel any shame. Um, it's literally because I know myself to be multimodality and I might teach you a Kundalini yoga meditation and then we'll do a visualization and then we'll do some movement that literally is just channeling through me in that moment. And I can't call that anything. That's just Sonia. It's like you're in a session with Sonia right now and my guides and my healers and whoever your guides and healers are that are creating this interesting multidimensional space. So what I feel is kind of happening this year to kind of summarize is like the rules are being blown up. We have a Gemini North node right now. So people are learning and expanding and having their brains broken a lot, especially with a lot of the conversation around culture and discrimination and justice. And, and we have a Sagittarius South node right now. So it means like the time of the guru, the time of egoism, the time of spiritual right and wrong is like over. And of course there's like cancel culture and massive shaming and like, it's fascinating what's happening with it, but I see it's the opportunity to actually be free to just be yourself and to know, like, really it's like, if you're learning, there's nothing wrong. Right. Um, so it's like a matter of trusting the process. And there's a lot of maturity that comes with that. It's like, can both be true? Can it be true that you're very connected to Eastern teachings and can teach about yoga, yoga, and that it also feels like cultural appropriation? Maybe it's both, right? Um, it's all a spectrum, right? And I think it's very easy for people to think of it as black and white, but like life is not black and white. Life is so dynamic. So I'd love for you to just reflect on whatever you heard in that or what you want to speak to there and we can just kind of flow. Yeah, I think one of the, a lot of amazing things happened in 2020. Um, one of them is this, exposition of the ego that has run a lot of spiritual spaces like this yogi bhajan and um if you've, you're watching the vow on hbo oh my gosh watch it it's so good but it's about a cult that was hidden within a personal development community and i think as leaders in spiritual spaces we have a different level of responsibility to ensure that we are creating safe spaces for all beings and that we aren't we're living in our integrity so rather than just educating ourselves about things and then ending it there we're also living through what we're learning and especially in cultural appropriation conversations that black and white comes up so fast for a lot of people. They're like, well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, that person told me that. Well, this person said this. What if I did this? Well, then could I do that then? And it's just like, there's no rule book. It's very much based on the situation. And I'll just kind of pin the cultural appropriation part with saying like, always listen to the members of the culture over members mm -hmm. that are not of that culture. Mm -hmm. Like in me as a white person, in the end, it really doesn't matter what I say. Yeah. Because you should be listening to indigenous people about sage. You should be listening to South Asian people about yoga. Um, mm -hmm. I think my role as a white person that is the leader of spiritual spaces my role is to start the conversation 
And then to be able to give you the resources to further your education by the people of color. Yes. Um, so if you do go to my Instagram, there is a free list of resources linked on my page. And in the Spiritual Social Network, about once a month right now, I'm having workshops on these really important conversations. So we've had a cultural appropriation one. It's free for the Spiritual Social Network's free to join and the workshops are free to watch. And we're having one coming up on spiritual bypassing. I want to find someone to come in and talk about white privilege and manifestation. I want someone to come in and talk about how a leader of a personal development group is a narcissist and what to watch out for to make sure you're not accidentally joining a cult. Yes. And I think I had this conversation with someone the other day about yoga and cultural appropriation. And like you said about Yogi Bhajan, they brought up Bikram Chudurai and they're like, well, what about him? Like he wanted people in the West to learn yoga. And I was like, yes. And he was a narcissist is a narcissistic sociopath who is now in jail for raping people. (laughs) So like, it's also important to remember where you're getting your information from or who you're getting your information from. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for being the teacher of teachers that you are and for always being open, right, to sharing resources. Again, I'll say this again and again, but this is Sagittarius magic is let's grow and expand ourselves. And it can be fun. It doesn't have to be shameful. Like it's, um, but you do need curiosity. And that's really what I hear. And also what's important to remind myself to practice, you know, in the conversation around race, cultural appropriation, discrimination, that can bring up so much shame and insecurity in people for not knowing. And I actually just want to give everyone permission to be merciful with themselves for not knowing. And it's just a reminder that it's okay if you didn't know, and now you know, and you can continue to learn, right? It's okay if you didn't know that you were, uh, you know, wearing a dream catcher necklace could be really offensive to indigenous groups. And now you know differently and you can make different choices. And just, you know, it's a matter of like willingness of if you're willing to be curious enough. Um, So for myself, you know, I think it's, it's been such an interesting conversation to have because for me, I've had a lot of influence by Aboriginal elders, like I did my first sweat lodge when I was 15 years old and one of my friends was trained, Blackfoot trained, we're here in like the Calgary, Alberta region. So it's a big Blackfoot um, territory. And it's like, I've always had those members of that culture like around me. So I, I really took it for granted how much more consciousness I had around it than people who are maybe just learning about it through YouTube videos or through Instagram posts, or, you know, they just see someone saging and then they buy it because, you know, and spirituality becomes a trend and it becomes sexy and it is trending upward because people are awakening. And of course, this is something that comes up with it. Um, And I went through my own experience last year. Part of my Saturn return was my own initiation through learning that people can use spirituality as a tool to manipulate, to control, to have power, you know, narcissistic gain, et cetera. And I had an episode with my shaman Garrett, um, who was one who's one of my great teachers, 
And he's a very fascinating member. I've had a couple podcast episodes with him about how spiritual protection is really a myth and what that looks like and the role of those people in society on a very high level. It's a very interesting conversation. The audio quality is super poor and I apologize for that. It gets better a few minutes in, but um, it's a really interesting conversation that we had. And I realized that all of my tarot, I feel like I want to talk about tarot next in Oracle cards because that's such a big part of what you're doing and what I do. Um, and I realized that for years now, my favorite tarot readers and also therapists, like the people that have taught me the most about, I have a psych degree and the people that have taught me the most about healing, trauma, psychology, how the human brain works, how relationships work, codependency, childhood wounding, reparenting yourself, the whole gambit have all been powerful, intuitive women of color. And I've just been taking in their information for years, just being like, they just got, they have like so much brilliance. And I remember being like in June at the, like kind of when there was a peak of rallies this year, I remember just being so offended. Like I was literally like, what do you mean you haven't been taking in spiritual information or like just art or information from black voices. And, and then I remember being like, well, I don't need to prove that I have been because it's not about being right or wrong. It was just interesting to me that people weren't naturally fascinated or drawn to that because there's just so much beauty and power there. Um, and I remember I felt really heartbroken because that that's generally how I feel around the whole conversation around cultural appropriation and race is that a lack of curiosity and openness means that you miss out on the beauty of a culture and of a group of people or of individuals that can serve you. So being open, right, is deeply of service to you. Like I have learned and healed so much. Like the woke therapist is my, I love that woman so deeply. I shout her out constantly. She's my favorite tarot reader. She's hilarious. She's so brilliant. Her dad was a pastor. She has so much information. She lives in like New Orleans. So she's got like so much magic within her. And she's a trained psychotherapist. And she's also a tarot reader and just like a magical woman. Um, and like new mind frame on, on YouTube. She taught me so much about childhood abuse and how to heal from narcissistic abuse and how that even feels. And she has a Pisces moon and her level of intuition. Like it literally feels like she knows your life and she's talking to you like a sister. And that level of intuitive connection is unfathomable to me. Like I don't read that way. I don't have that gift. And it feels like it's something so natural that flows out of like, what I've noticed, like the women of color who are in the spiritual space. And I'm like, they need to be uplifted and celebrated. And I see spaces that they're, that they are because I'm in those spaces, but I just want to say like, be curious, be open, be willing, because there's so much to learn and grow from there. Right. I didn't realize that people were living like with, with my, with myopic glasses on um, before. Yeah, I can totally resonate with that. The more I talk about cultural appropriation, the more, or the more I'm aware of it, the more aware I become of the people who are not aware of it, you know, like people just like saging on their Instagram and I'll just send people a message and just be like, Hey, did you know that that's cultural appropriation? And they'll be like, Oh my God, no, I didn't know. And I'm like, okay, like here's, here's a place to start getting resources. And also please add more people of color to your Instagram feed. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like, you know, it's important to be the way shower and the communicator of that because there's so much to learn from it. And I don't think that it necessarily is wrong. I also just know that, you know, you have to look to, you have to look to the elders and to the members of that community to tell you like, how is it that you light sage? How is it that you connect, collect it? How is it that, like, is it sage or is it something local? Like, what is the herb that is best to cleanse the space? And what, because they're different ones have completely different properties. And, you know, some of them are becoming endangered because of the level of commercialization, like with Palo Santo. So it's something to be informed about, like literally anything in your house, like your doorknob was designed by a person and created by a group of people. Be curious about that process. Like, my invitation to everyone is just to be curious, like, where did this come from? How can I use it? And because there's something for you to learn there. I never want someone to feel like this is right or wrong or you can't do this. It's just a matter of like being curious means that you will grow a deeper depth of understanding of what that means for you. Um, And yeah, it's so beautiful. Like, you know, if anyone has never been to an actual like, uh, sweat lodge or bundle opening ceremony or a traditional like indigenous healing ceremony or medicine circle. Um, it's profound and it's deep and you will learn so much about how to use the tools. And a lot of their teachings are learning through just experiencing, like they don't directly teach. They'll just, you're there. And then you learn as you go and you see how they honor the plants and the, and the, earth and themselves and it's really profound and that's my invitation to everyone is like really be open to that because there's so much for you to to gain there Mm -hmm. um so with that being said uh unless you have anything else you want to add to that conversation other than maybe you'll try a sweat lodge this year if it calls to you right if it feels right it's very deeply healing I would love to, if the opportunity ever arose. Mm -hmm. Right. It's really beautiful, especially for your local elders, because they'll use different trees or different materials from the earth around them to create the lodge itself. And it's beautiful to hear them talk about that and how much thought and care they put into it. It gives you deep reverence and understanding. Um, Yeah. I can't wait to do my next one. I'm very called to do it. It's, it's time. Um, So with that being said, I'd love to talk about tarot and oracles and all of the things. And I feel like this conversation is literally a sneak peek into what your spiritual social network is like, because everything is fair game. We talk about all of this in there. We talk about cultural appropriation. We talk about yoga. We talk about astrology. We talk about human design and tarot and oracle cards and how we started our awakening process and how many people actually started it through loss or through grief or through trauma, right? That they needed to heal and then they started their process. So this is like this conversation. If you like it, you're probably going to like being in that space, connecting to the people, going to those events. And it's free. It's a, it's a free community to join. So I just wanted to give everyone the reminder, like, go check out that link, share it with somebody, especially if you know that someone's craving community and they like feel alone in their experience. Um, they don't have to be alone and it's a beautiful space. So that's just my little heartfelt plug for you. And next I really want to talk about tarot. So why don't you tell me even how you became a tarot reader? 
Um, because I've never told that story for myself and I've never heard yours. And I think it's fun because a lot of people I notice, um, feel very self-conscious about doing that. Cause it literally feels like the most woo woo thing to do ever. So go ahead. Yeah. I've never shared it either. And would you be shocked to find out that it happened by accident? <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that nothing in your life is by accident. It just happened to, it happened without you knowing that it was. Yeah, exactly. So I am super blessed to have had a mother who introduced me to this stuff since I was a baby. So I grew up with tarot card decks and oracle card decks and affirmation decks sitting on the bookshelf. And my mom would do tarot card readings for me and my friends. And it, I always thought that she just kind of dabbled in it. But when she passed away, my sister, who's 16 years older than me, actually told me that our mom like used to do them for real. And I was like, oh, well... So it's just kind um, of like, <laughs> just kind of like in my heritage. And um, apparently my grandma and my great grandmother both had gifts that, you know, of the times they weren't comfortable to share them. Um, but my grandma apparently had very, very prophetic dreams. So about, I got my first tarot card deck when I was 18. So about 12 years ago. And I over the years would collect them. I just had them around, played with them once in a while. And it was about two years ago, 2018. I went through a really hard period in my life. I ended a three-year relationship. Three weeks later, I met the love of my life. We went through a very tumultuous six months. We're together now and happier than ever. So it's a happy ending. But we went through a really hard time. Like, December 2018 through till about June 2019 and then that's when my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer for the second time but I kept turning towards my tarot and oracle card decks during this time and I I bought a book to help me like read them more than just just picking up a card and having fun with it. So that's when I really started having a practice and dedicating myself to it. And over time, I would just play around with reading for friends. And for myself, the, the biggest challenge was to become comfortable trusting what my intuition was telling me and telling it to another person. Because some of the things that comes through, it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I this does like so often I hear tarot readers and even like the ones that are the most experienced like have hundreds of thousands of followers on YouTube are like I don't know if this makes sense and it literally feels like they're speaking directly into your life like you can't explain the mystery that is being an oracle right we don't understand it but it's here a hundred percent I had one time where I kept getting a vision of like this large box that was shaped like a coffin but it wasn't a coffin and I was like that's too weird I'm not gonna tell them that like that'll freak them out and then through their own motivation later in the reading they were like yeah I keep thinking about this large coffin shaped structure and I was like shut the front door so for me that was a big hurdle to get over was building up that confidence 
of being able to share these things that you can explain because growing up and even with my last partner, it was very science-based people. And it was like, well, do you have proof? How do you know that? You can't act on something if you don't know the results. And being intuitive is the exact opposite of that. It's acting on things and trusting that that net is going to show up and support you. So over the last couple of years, just becoming more more and more active with reading for other people and then eventually started reading professionally about about a year ago. Wow, I didn't realize it's only been a year that you've been doing it professionally because it's so clearly one of your like core skills and what you're here to teach others. And it kind of reminds me of me becoming an astrologer because a year ago I just started reading astrology charts. I got no formal training. I just knew how to do it from being fascinated by it. And I think it's a past life thing. I can't explain it. And I know it's one of my biggest gifts to individuals mm-hmm. and just like your tarot readings are as well. Um, and I'm so grateful that you spoke to that piece that it's like literally what it is, is being willing to be uncomfortable saying something that feels completely unfounded and maybe even untrue. And then it just comes out. And uh, I often experience, I feel like I experience life as like a living, like it's a living dance of symbols. And then tarot cards are just like individual pictures that like solidify those symbols. Like everything is symbolic and metaphorical and visual, right? And I've been getting so much sunflower energy. And while you were talking about this, I started shuffling my first ever tarot deck that I literally uncovered last night. It's the Good Tarot by Clep Aaron Reed. Um, Really, really beautiful. I don't read it in reverse, although I kind of taken that message if I want to. And I pulled the sun card and the magician card and it's kind of like exactly what you're talking about. It's just like trusting in the radiance of your own magic, right? And letting it shine through. And on the sun card are a bunch of sunflowers and sunflower has been my core message that I am aligned and on purpose and that I'm allowed to shine in areas where I feel like insecure or vulnerable. And so whoever needs to hear that, if you're connected to sunflowers or if you love sunflowers, like, know that it's a symbol that you're allowed to be radiant and it's through your resilience. It's through the fact that you can grow tall and like root down that you can be powerful. Um, So that's just some of my own channeling coming through. Um, So Ali, why don't you talk to us a little bit more? First of all, I'd love to pull a card for you if you're into it. You can do that right now. If you want like a live little tarot reading, I can pull a card for you. You can pull a card for me. And then why don't we pull a card for everyone here so you can actually experience it rather than us talking about it? Because that's my favorite thing about anything spiritual is it can't actually be explained. You, it needs to be experienced. And that was my fate. That was my biggest teaching from becoming a Kundalini yoga teacher is that some things can only be experienced. You know, when you're doing ecstatic dance and you feel alive with what yourself and everyone else in the room, like you can't, explain that you can't intellectually get there you have to literally embody it and just be there for it so let's just give them the medicine um so do you need to go get your deck or anything yeah all right while she's doing that i'm just shuffling my cards um i also love you can't see ali obviously because this is podcast um but she's wearing this like see-through black star shirt and it's just amazing and this is also being recorded right before halloween before that big taurus full moon it's a blue moon second full moon of the year 
really big event. Um, and so I want to ask you, Allie, what is your Halloween costume going to be? Nothing. I am not going out because we can't. And so my plans, I'm going to your moon mastery call in the afternoon, which I'm so excited for. And I'm going to deep clean my bedroom and cleanse the energy in there and make a yummy supper and maybe do some like ancestry work with my mother. See how that goes. Mm. Oh my gosh. That sounds so beautiful. Um, you know, I think of Jomo, like the joy of missing out. Like you're just really do doing like, that sounds like such a nurturing, beautiful day. And there's a few things that this just brought up for me as we're both shuffling our cards is um, one, talking about cultural appropriation, Halloween is like the staple holiday for that. And I went to a Halloween store last week and it was amazing. I was like, that's offensive. That's offensive. That's hilarious. And I'm like, that's kind of interesting. And, you know, and it's just all right there. And I'm like, isn't this interesting? This is such an interesting thing for us to be curious about. And I always interpret Halloween as an opportunity. Um, you know, it's a big, it's a big tradition in a lot of indigenous cultures to embody a character, right? Like they dress up like animals to embody the medicine and the characteristic of that animal. Um, and for me, Halloween is a big moment to embody something that you embody an archetype that you want to live into. So I often dress like different uh, goddesses and different women from different um, lineages that I feel connected to. Like I was Aphrodite one year because I've always been obsessed with Greek mythology since I was a kid. And I I'm from Eastern Europe on the coast. So it feels super close to me, like Croatia is super close to Greece. Um, last year I was, I dressed like a Magdalene priestess, which is a big part of my own journey. If you want to go read more about the path of the rose and the path of the Magdalene, check out that podcast with uh, Christy Targress and the wisdom of the rose. Um, and this year I'm going to be Sailor Jupiter because I've been wanting to be a sailor scout for forever. And I'm an astrologer and I have a lot of Sagittarius energy myself and so I'm going to be Sailor Jupiter and we're making our own outfits and it's so much fun. And I just think it's such a fun way to actually empower yourself. And of course, it can be very disempowering. It's everything, right? It can be offensive or it can be um, enlightening. So, you know, that's the opportunity there. And the last thing that I do want to share, two more things is, you know, in especially Mexican tradition, it's the day of the dead and it's the data honor your ancestors and all of those that have passed on because the veil is super thin so you doing beautiful ancestry work and whatever that looks like for you is such a big invitation for yes please connect to your ancestors know that your ancestors were the ones that like created the world that we're in now that you have the privilege of being privileged in right <laughs> and all the work that you do to heal and awaken and grow yourself they are like you know i saw a t-shirt once that said like you are your ancestors wildest dream you know they were the ones that had to like risk their lives to travel across the country so that now we can just take a flight to across the country um you know i know that flying is not super easy right now but it is available because of all of their work so it's a really beautiful time to honor the past and to also be present to the transformation we're individually going through so that the next generation can live differently like what do we wish and dream for so i always think of that as like the veil to be uncovered is like, what can we be grateful for? What can we honor? How can we get more wisdom from our ancestors to guide us so that we can be the ancestors of the future? Um, big reminder. And then 
last thing that I will say is if you'd like to join us for moon ceremony, whenever you're watching this, every full moon, new moon, we meet in circle. I do a lot of astrology magic. We talk about our moon cycles, join us in moon mastery. There's lots of different subscription options. So the longer you're in it, the more affordable it is, the more uh, accessible it is to you. I wanted to make it really accessible for people to come together during the moon cycles. So check that out. The link is below. Um, and I'm so grateful to have you in that space, Allie. You always add so much. You add what you add is you add joy and growth and depth and uh, energy. And I'm so grateful to have you in that space. Thank you for offering it. I'm so grateful. I've met some like amazing people through there that I talk to every single day. And it's just so beautiful to have that container to be so vulnerable, vulnerable with people who I've never met, but we've all been divinely guided to come together. Mm, absolutely. It's truly a blessed cosmic community. Um, okay. So without further ado, I hope people are anticipating. This is totally not one of those things where I'm like, at the end of this podcast episode, you get a tarot reading, <laughs> but that's totally what's happening. And I just think it's funny. It's like, I can't help but be a brand strategist in, inherently in what, the way that I exist. So let's see, what are the cards that you pulled for, or card that you pulled for everyone? And what did you pull for me? So we'll pull for each other, one for you, one for me. And then, and if anyone hears it, you know, I'm guessing people will hear stuff for themselves in it. And then we'll pull something for everyone that's listening to this. Beautiful. Cool. All right. Ooh, oh, fun for you. That's exciting for you. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay. That's so funny. All right. Where should we start? I, can I do, can I start with you? Yeah, of course. The two of water for you. So it's the two of cups and it has two little goldfish in it. And what looks like, um, oh my gosh, these flowers, they kind of look like orchids, but they're not, I think it's passion flower. They're in the waters. Um, so a couple different messages is literally like romance, like romance and new levels of love are coming into your life. Um, and that will be both with your partner, but also in like partnerships, like feeling like deep love between the people that you get to collaborate with and having that equal flow of like, you know, both of your cups are full and you get to give to each other. That's what that experience is going to be like. And I know that you're currently growing your team and about to launch something new, which we'll talk right about after this, but it gets to be really loving. And then since I experienced these flowers as being passion flower, um, I invite you to, to learn more about that flower and herb and maybe work with it. It's a really beautiful herb for calming the mind and the nervous system, especially if you have like a lot of thoughts or if you have a racing mind, it's really great for like when, before you go to bed, especially if you're having tons of thoughts or even around full moons, because we just get so much information during those times. Um, so if you need support with that, or if you're getting headaches, uh, passion flower. And this is for you. And I have a feeling like it's a few people that are listening to this. It's something that I've been giving to my boyfriend a lot. And I've been taking myself as well. Cause it's just when the mind gets going, uh, it's, it's a beautiful way for it to stop or kind of come back to your own passions. So that's what I hear for you, Allie. Beautiful. Thank you. Yes. So for you, I picked the three of pentacles reversed. So to mm -hmm. describe the card. So I use the traditional Rider-Waite-Smith tarot deck. Um, so it's very medieval imagery. 
So this card, if you can imagine like the basement of a church and there's three people, one is the person who is building the, the, he's doing like the brickwork in the church and it's just this beautiful pentacle pattern. And I apologize, I did not grow up in any sort of church situation, so I don't know the people's names, but there's two other characters and they both are people that work at the church. I don't know if it's the priest and just that's what you can imagine. So for you, Sonia, for this card, this card really talks about working with other people to create something beautiful together by using all three of your unique talents and unique gifts. And since the card's coming up in reverse, it's just a reminder for you as you move forward in your work from today to see how you can even more deeply harness those unique skills from other people and to be able to look into yourself and come up with the areas where you are trying to force yourself to do something that you're not naturally gifted in and you're you're wasting your not wasting your energy but you're depleting your energy by forcing yourself to try to be something that doesn't come naturally to you whereas if you just open your vision a little bit wider you'll be able to find someone who naturally has that gift and they can support you and you will be able to support them in return. And it will like the two of water that you picked for me, it'll become this very supportive and loving and reciprocal relationship. Mm -hmm. Heck yeah. I love that message. I hear you loud and clear. I also, if you're, anyone's interested in human design, I'm learning a lot about it. It's like the shock, it's like the chakra energy, um, kind of bioenergetics system of astrology is kind of how I see it based on your birth time, based on when you, when you were born and where, and that's just like the message for generators and manifesting generators right now is like, don't do things that deplete you or feel out of alignment, like, or, you know, not working in your genius zone. And I feel like at this point I've gone through so many iterations of like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Or I'm not going to do this, but it's even, you know, having a look again. And even this week, it's like, Oh, doing my bookkeeping. I'm like, I literally need to stop doing that. And I haven't even been doing it. Like I do it like once a year and I just like sit down and I feel like I'm torturing myself putting in those receipts. And I'm like, Oh, I literally just need to pay someone to do it each month. And it'll be so much easier and before I wasn't willing to, and even as a business coach, it's something I coach people through all the time to get themselves supported so they can be in their genius zone. And it's time for me to do that for myself. So thank you for that reminder. That's really important for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what did we get for everyone collectively? Um, do you want to go ahead? Yeah. So I've all, I got another pentacle card. So pentacles are the earth elements. So work, money, your physical body, your home, anything that you can physically touch, anything on the physical plane. Um, so we got the king of pentacles in reverse. Mm. So kings, when we think about kings in medieval times, they were masters of their elements, but they had to control it in such a way 
that they weren't really allowed to enjoy the pleasures of it because they were, they were running a whole kingdom. They didn't have time to have fun. They had too much to do. So the King of Pentacles coming up in reverse, it's reminding us to find our joy in our physical world. And I am of the belief that our soul is in your soul is in your body right now to have a physical experience. And it's like a child on the playground. Earth is a playground for the soul. We are here to experience a physical manifestation. So do a cartwheel, wear that red lipstick, have an orgasm, eat delicious food, like really find the luxury of the physical world. And we're recording on October 28th. Um, but that Taurus full moon happening during Scorpio season is like so powerful for that physical luxury, really let yourself get deep and full into enjoying your life. So take, take a look around into your life and where is your energy being depleted? What are you not finding joy in? What doesn't feel really freaking amazing to you? Get rid of it. Clear it out. Mm, bold beautiful have an orgasm have a luxurious moment says the taurus wisdom of the day the card that i pulled for everybody was the star and in this particular deck it's like really beautiful there's like this golden um sun behind her and she looks like a mermaid and she has her urn and she's on the land but she's also like right near the water so the star is always a reminder that like life is magical and you are magical. Like you have the golden touch of the cosmos, right? As Neil deGrasse Tyson would say, if you ever watch Cosmos, I love that show so much, um, is you are made of star stuff. We are all made of stardust and it's, it's about remembering that, right? So if you ever do feel too trapped in the physical world or in 3D or in like, I got to make my bills work, the holidays are coming and the uncertainty of literally star stuff like take a step out go look at the stars even go start gazing so that you can get a different perspective on the world based on the cosmos because that will make you feel good like Ali was saying as well um, I don't know if that cut out at all. Did that cut out for you at all? I could hear you, but you sounded like a robot the entire time. <laughs> well, we're going to see how that worked out. If if you weren't meant to hear that message, then okay. But really the overarching message of the star is that you are made of star stuff. Take, take a, you know, take a 10 light year degree view of your life. You know, you're not just from the earth. You might be living here, but you're made of all the same stuff that the rest of the universe is made of and you have magic within you and so much potential within you. And that will be what helps you get inspired. So maybe going stargazing, watching shows about space will help you to connect to that next thing that you're meant to do for yourself. Um, and whatever you feel like a star in, like whatever feels literally like dusty and sparkly and beautiful, go towards that. That'll be good. I love the duality of these two cards because on the surface, they can seem so opposite from each other. Like I'm saying you're a physical being and you're saying you're a star being, 
but we're both at the same time. Our soul is a star being inside a physical body. And it's Mm -hmm. like that duality that we talked about earlier in the call. It's not just black and white. Both can exist at the same time. Mm -hmm. And they do. Um, Yeah, exactly. Like that is the magic of astrology. That is the magic of the tarot is like all of it is allowed here. Like, you know, in the tarot, a lot of the reason why people have even been afraid of it is because there is a death card and there is a devil card. And it's like literally all of like the light and the shade and the shadow, all of it is there. And it's all a part of the journey. And there's a deep acceptance and like neutrality to it that I think, you know, in general, in our society, there's been a discomfort around it, but within the tarot and within studying it and letting it be a part of your life, there's a deep acceptance of like the complexity and the beauty of life that comes through. Um, I love teaching about it on Friday the 13th for the Scorpio new moon. I'm hosting like a temple where people get to learn more about how to read tarot and embody the major arcana. So I'm super excited for that. But I know that you also have a new offering that at the time that this comes out is going to be available to people. So why don't you talk to us more about what that is? Because it has to do with, you know, people learning and connecting to the tarot. Mm-hmm. So I have a new community coming out launching on November 28th, which is my 30th birthday. And it is a online community to help people connect with their intuition through reading tarot and Oracle cards. Um, I have found that having some sort of physical manifestation such as a tarot or Oracle deck really has helped me connect to my intuition on a deeper level. And so whether you just want to read for yourself or your friends, or if you want to go professionally, this community will help you build your confidence in your intuition to be able to share those messages with other people. And we do that through um, individual work, through workbooks, through one-on-one work with you and another person meeting up over Zoom and doing readings together, and then also in a group. So you're able to learn in the way that feels best for you and learn in the way that feels uncomfortable for you. Oh my gosh. I love that. You're going to learn in all of the ways. That's always what you can be guaranteed to experience with Allie. Um, Allie, I'm so excited for this offering. Literally there's so many people that want to learn tarot and grow their own confidence in it. And this is a nurturing, beautiful space to do so in community one-on-one with themselves with you and I'm so excited for it. Like I literally can't wait. Like I wish I would have had this years ago. Um, I had to do it alone and it's so awesome that you get to create this for other people. There'll be so many people I'll be sending your way um, for this. And I just like, I'm so pumped for the level of pivots and change and that you allowed to happen that happened by accident that are just here for you because it serves so many people. Like there's a spiritual community you've now created where it's effortless for people to talk about whatever they're curious about or experiencing right now in a completely judgment-free safe space where people are encouraged and there's real dialogue and support. And now you get to teach them about the tarot. And then that means that they get to tune into their own intuition. And I think the greatest gift that we can give as teachers is helping people under like trust themselves Mm -hmm. and really know that they are their own guru. Like they are their own teacher Um, The answer is within, I don't have it, you don't have it. And these tools are a way to learn that. Um, So I'm so excited. I'm so, so excited. If anyone wants to sign up, like the link will be below for how you can sign up. 
Um, reach out to Ali if you want on Instagram, send her an email, go to the Prism Lighthouse, join the community, uh, learn how to learn tarot, um, become a professional or become a professional intuitive for yourself and your life and have a lot of fun doing it because it's a really fun, beautiful space. As you can tell, um, Ali's Sagittarius magic means that she's also just like bubbly and great. Like it just feels good to be around you and be in your energy. Like if you're feeling that way right now, it's not a coincidence. So if it feels aligned, trust yourself, trust your gut and go with it. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share? I don't think on? so. I think that's everything. Um, I want to thank you for, for inviting me into your space. I want to thank everyone who's listening. Um, if it wasn't for each and every one of you, I would not be able to do the work that I do. Um, because in the end, my work is about creating connections and you have, you can't create connections alone. So I'm deeply humbled and deeply grateful for everybody who's listening. And I hope you do reach out, just say hello. Um, and I am really excited to get to know everybody better through Instagram or through the spiritual social network. Yay. I'm so excited. And we're about to end this recording and go into the Shakti hub, which is my um, online mastermind and training area for feminine entrepreneurs. Um, doesn't mean you're female. You just have to believe in the feminine way of working, which is flow and love and surrender along with deep creativity and power. Um, and we're about to go do a heart storm, which is literally like a brainstorm on intuitive magic. <laughs> um, and it's taken kind of a dose of intuitive magic. So if anyone's interested in that, or if you'd like to be in creation mode with myself or Ali about your business, then please reach out to me about joining Shakti Hub or joining some of my branding work because I'd love to work with you. I'm here to help you live your destiny. It is my destiny to do so. And today I texted my friend and said that my destiny is to help you live your destiny so we can all breathe as song which sounds quite poetic because <laughs> I'm a poet. I feel even nervous saying that um, out loud. It sounds kind of cheesy, but honestly, imagine yourself breathing as a song and that's what life gets to feel like when you're deeply attuned to yourself mm -hmm. and to your sacred purpose and all of the beautiful relationships and connections. And I just can't thank you enough, Ali, for inviting me into your life and your business and your destiny work, your dharma, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's been an honor and I so deeply honor you and I love you and I love the leader that you are and everything you're creating and I can't wait for more. So go check her out. Love Allie up. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, thank you again, Allie. And we will see you again for another episode of Shakti Wave Radio. Bye-bye.